Today's guest on the Rebel Matters podcast is a man who will be well known to anyone who lives in or around the city or who works in Cork City. He's often seen busking by balancing a flower with a really long stem on his finger or on his head and he's been known to shout freedom at the top of his voice at passersby. More recently, he's been in the news because he's living in a gazebo across the river from the bus station on Patrick's Quay and I've seen an article that featured him back in July and mostly it was a uh, former Lord Mayor of Cork was given out about the tent and I can just read a quote from the article it says it should be classed as litter this isn't the housing issue and needs to be taken down immediately and the white marquee should be treated the same as dumping plastic bags it should be removed, dismantled, thrown in the back of one of our council trucks and taken away. And the article featured a picture of that politician standing with the gazebo and the guest of the podcast sitting in the background just looking into the river. So I thought in the middle of a housing crisis and a housing emergency in this country that it was mad to see a politician just so blatantly standing in front of a tent that is being used as accommodation for a homeless person, number one. And it seemed to be like that was completely ignoring the whole situation with the housing in Ireland today and more trying to cleanse the streets of homeless people or trying to hide them away somewhere else. Mostly, though, it really had an effect on me because I thought that it was completely ignoring the human side of the fact that there is somebody living in that tent and in that gazebo. So I wanted to go and speak to this chap. And uh, over the last few days, I've been talking to him as I've been passing by and he wanted was keen to do the podcast. So today I just went down and we sat at the gazebo on Patrick's Key and had a chat. I think you'll be very surprised at what he has to say. It was... Uh, quite a nice day it was recorded outside of course so there is a good bit of background noise and stuff like that there but it was a great chat and as you'll hear my guest on today's podcast hasn't got a name so without further ado we'll just jump straight into it and we'll see what he has to say he did address the issue of the photograph and the news article that was done on turn down the gazebo and has since been handed an eviction notice um so Enjoy the podcast, and if you see him around, say hello to him and tell him you were listening to the podcast as well. I'm sure he'll be very happy to hear that his story's been spread around a little bit. How long have you been living here? Um, it'll be 12 months, the end of this month, so almost 12 months. In in this gazebo? No, that would be my third tent. I started off with a, a wonderful little tent. I think I was six months in that. Through the snow and the wind, and that was... that. Was, I couldn't even sit up on it. I remember that because <laughs> I got another one because that one started to go after a while the zip once the zip goes you're bollocks really but um, yeah then I got another tent and I could sit up in that one that was fantastic and then of course this gem that I have now my palace for people listening just describe like where we are where we're sitting here at the minute yeah, yeah, we were in the centre of Cork City, uh, opposite the bus station, next to the Brian Brew Bridge, um, on Freedom Wall. Uh, probably the um, sweetest place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what led you to be head with living in a tent in Christmas? Uh, foolishness. <laughs> Disobedience, I think it was, yeah, yeah. I've lived without the name, without a legal name for four years. Four years. And yeah, it's sort of you, you you bounce along with it, see where it takes you. Was it a, kind of a philosophical decision to drop your name? No, I think it was. A, yeah, it was an act of stupidity in a way. No, I I I was 
was in a wonderful set of circumstances that allowed me to give up the name. But I, I didn't realise what was involved. But I was, I was propelled in order to do it. That was all. What were you doing in your life when you decided to give up the name? At that time, I was looking after my buddy, uh, who was dying of cancer, and um, yeah, that that would have—he was a real uh, warrior in some sense, and uh, some of that energy may have sort of permeated into my being, and I was sort of invigorated to. Had a real fascination for freedom, absolute freedom. What what it means, why it's been withheld from us, and yeah, that was that was the journey really. It's freedom, but of course, freedom is is all those other things. It's truth as well. It's love. It's peace. It's joy. It's they're all labels and descriptions, but the actual feeling of complete freedom is identical to your highest feelings of joy or, yeah. anyway you know that <laughs> right. you know, people kind of get to know you I guess people kind of know your face around Cork City now yeah yeah I've done kind of in the news and stuff some then. crazy things yeah. in a way but they're not they're, they, I mean I tend to follow my joy you know I do the things that um, inspire me and that has its own sort of path yeah. Uh, did you you moved over from England? Did you? Yeah, yeah, about twenty odd years ago, really. Yeah, yeah. I uh, that was a different life in a way, but it's still wonderful. Yeah, I moved over with uh, I had a, a partner and a son, and uh, she was Irish, but it wasn't her fault. <laughs> and uh, no, I'd fallen in love with Ireland then anyway, and it was a great place to bring up yeah. a child. What were you doing in England before you moved over? All sorts, same as any... Uh, actually, I was a kitchen porter at that time, but directly before I was, I was working in interior design. Yeah, theatres, uh, yeah, that was... Yeah. And did, when you moved over, did you move in the house originally, when you moved to Ireland? Uh, no, we moved in with what who would have been my mother-in-law in court and uh, made her very fed up. Yeah, because children have that capacity, don't they? The mother and daughter is... is, is <laughs> she was a lovely person, though. Sheila. Yeah, they used to call her the... Um, what was it, the Dane? Or, yeah, she used to go dancing. They all did in those days, didn't they? Nothing better to do. Yeah. Have a good time. And then what was the process? How did you end up then going from that to, say, like, sleeping in the tent in the Cork City? Yeah... I, I, it, it, it was what would be termed a sort of a downhill struggle. <laughs> well, there is... When you you give up everything, you give up everything. You know, and uh, and that's all right if, if, if that's your propensity, if that's your destiny in some sense. Yeah, it wasn't... Each step of the way, it hasn't necessarily been a hardship. You see... I I read a quote, say, and the quote said that circumstances don't matter, only state of being matters. So your state of being can be joyful, can be loving, peaceful, but you are in control of your state of being. And now, so to not be in your highest state of being is insanity. But you have to experience that and go through it to recognise it for 
what it is and what it isn't. Do you feel do you feel at home now? With the, with the tent yeah, I'll tell you what. There's a wonderful. Um, the Tibetans have a definition of hell, which is hell is to be anywhere where you don't want to be, and it's a lovely reversal because it, then it, it's your responsibility. I don't want. This is wonderful. Would, would you consider yourself homeless now? Eccentric? No, no I'm not. Homeless. Uh, would you consider yourself homeless? No, I've got a, a white tent. You know, it's there for everyone to see. I, uh, now, the strange thing is, is that when I have been homeless, the moments I have, it's always authority that's made me homeless. You know, that's the... Uh, to go back to a, a chalet where you were legitimately, lawfully abiding and finding that it's boarded up and the locks have been changed by authority. Which is, that's what happened. I'm homeless again, yeah. And the other time was on the steps of the church. You know, it was authority that took me away in handcuffs and it was authority that buried my tent somewhere. So at the time... It didn't even tell me, yeah, the Dominican church. And yeah. on the steps there, was it? Yeah, at the top of the steps. But, and it's not people in the sense that... You know, they're just doing their jobs. But, you know, that... Wow. Have you been keeping in touch with the housing places in Ireland? Things like that, and how, how things are going with the houses? It's really odd for me, because um, having stepped outside of the system, if you like, and also the realisation that there's multiple systems and multiple methods of keeping you contained, OK, it, you realise that... The world, in some sense, is what it is. You see what you see and hear what you hear. You focus on what you decide to focus on. And I moved away from, uh, in some sense, like worldly things. It is what it is. You know, you're not here to save the world. You're here to save yourself. Now, that's not an act that I have huge compassion for everyone and everything but it is what it is you know um, there is an external world and an internal world you know the external world in some sense is a projection but if you get your internal world you know where you recognise the perfection of every moment where do you go? Where, where do you go? <laughs> what? And also, the now is the only time that exists. Here is the only place. And it's like we're driven in some sense by the mechanism in place to go back, to regurgitate the past, to dream about the future. You know, part of... You know, get this and your world will be a better place. You know, you'll be better. No, go straight to the people. Bypass the ice cream. You know, it is, it, it, you don't need an ice cream to bring you a sense of joy. You need to claim ownership of your reality. Is that part of the message from the bus conductor that you're down outside the post office on the uh, <coughs> Street? I don't know. I mean, I primarily I do things that like amuse and entertain me really and I, it's so lovely to you know when you 
inhabit a sense of joy. There is an obligation. You can't help but sort of uh, pass it on. Just wow, you know, like sorry. <laughs> For people in Cork, like a lot of people will have seen you outside the GPO, like yeah. the balancing the flower on your finger and stuff. And yeah, I don't know what it is in a way. I mean, the flower takes me on a journey, and the scent it does keep you totally in the now. You know, that that was all it was to find something that. Um, held you of course anything does but then combined every now and again I do shout out freedom and it it, it comes from somewhere um, somewhere different and it, what I did is I, I I've done the, all sorts of silliness on the streets in a way you know clowning about and stuff but when you, you keep refining it all, and I got it down to one word and that one word was freedom that was the word that I would want, you know. You, there are other words, joy, love, peace, harmony, beauty, you know, but freedom was the one to be mentioning in that environment, it seems. So when you were down, to, were you down, down the thing with the flower and then just random, just shut it out? Yeah, yeah, it frightens me sometimes. <laughs> I think, gee, what do you do that for? You know, How do people react to it? Sorry? How do people react to it when I read it? I don't know. Often I'm just gazing into the underside of that flower, but yeah. I think it, it shocks me sometimes. So I, I would imagine some people slightly disturbed by it, but then other people celebrate it. I mean, the funniest thing now is when people shout it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and people go by on bicycles, freedom, and you think, jeez. <laughs> like they're trying to scare you. Yeah. But no, Krishnamurtu said it. Complete freedom is the only important thing in human life. And, um, you know, that, that freedom is extended to, to everyone. And, you, and when you understand as well that, you know, the, the systems that we're in require your obedience, which is not what reality is about. It, when you understand... in if you're a source energy being, say, you're a human being, you were born out of love. Um, in some, the sooner you find your way back to that, the better. You know, and thank you for the journey. Do you think that people are free today, Marilyn? I think they're as free as they want to be. You know, I mean, there is a certain comfort in being told what to do, following orders and keeping your head down. But... I don't think it's really part of our authentic nature. I think it's more of a, a trance-like state, you know, just... We're very timid. I've been very timid in the past, you know. I didn't want to upset, you know, filled him up tax accounts and yes sir, no sir, you know, and then... Um, my understand my realization in a sense was that well it's going to be uncomfortable you know because you're letting go of stuff they call comfort uh, uh, is a host you know then becomes always a guest rather then becomes host then becomes master and then walks grinning in the funeral We've been trained to want comfort over what 
could be called growth or expansion or, you know, it's good to get uncomfortable. But do you feel free yourself now? Do you feel free yourself now? I've never felt fear, you know, and it alters the colour of the of everything, you know, they, you know, to say to a, a judge, you know, that I'm a free and sovereign being and that you have no authority over me whatsoever is an extraordinary feeling and situation in a way when you've been taught to believe that there's some structure in place and some hierarchy. Did you say that to the judge? Yeah. And what, how, did this, how did that circumstance come about? I, uh, I'd been arrested uh, the previous evening. Um, I was seeking shelter, really, in the Metropole. I was being hassled by someone who was a bit out of their head, actually, a bit crazy. And he followed me and chased me, and I dived into the Metropole. And they were great, but every time I came out, he was still there, and I didn't really... I didn't want to talk to him, I didn't... And uh, so eventually they called the police. And I got to sleep a night in the cells. I felt quite safe there. And then uh, went to court the next day. Now, I was charged with trespass and a load of made up junk. But, um, yeah, and because of where I'm at, there is. Um, you act under your own authority. Yeah, I can't have anyone stepping in to make decisions or, you know, contract with me about nonsense that I was never ever part of. You know, I'm not part of a, a legal system. Infinite consciousness having an earthly experience in human form. You know, don't tell me I'm a name or a prisoner or accused or a defendant or I don't know. Nonsense. It's a complete fabrication. It's an illusion. No, what, did the judge, what did the judge say whenever you told him that? Um, well, the, he... He wouldn't have known. Uh, he uh, he wanted me to sit down, which I refused. Stand in a certain place and do. I understand there's some. I mean that's a battle between contracts. Or I I I. I, I mean, I can't remember the, the circumstances of it, but it, I, I told him it was a charade, which of course it is, and that um, I shouldn't even be there. But I went to walk out and then the guardee, which is the extended arm of the judiciary, uh, law enforcement or whatever, they they ushered me back into the, um, the cell. But the contract had already been broken then. He knew who I was. There's nothing complex about it. Yeah. But I'd, I'd rather... You know, this is not a battle against any particular... The, you know, these things happen you know and it's an opportunity in a way to treat each other I did see him again two days later and uh, we were fine he, he, he said I was a very intelligent and articulate hey, person hey, back in court yeah, yeah a couple of days later on the Friday and he yeah which was nice he said you're an intelligent and articulate being I said well so are you <laughs> you know like and he said you know he was being courteous and and I every courtesy is extended to you as well. That was pretty recently, was it? That was pretty recently? Yeah, yeah, that would have been um, 7th, 8th of August or something, was it? The Friday. But then it got 
straight. All I had to do, I was to sign a bail bond. Really, I don't know much about. But I, and he said, if you don't sign it, you're going back to prison, to jail. You know, he said, he said, I, which was unusual. He said he couldn't do anything about it. But um, I did not want to go back to prison, so I signed the form. And then they were reading out the conditions, and he said that I'd signed my name under duress. And I said, yeah, of course I have. And apparently there was some... All I had to do was sign my signature over the top. But Did you say in the, the name that you used to use on the, on the paper? Yeah, yeah. The, my birth certificate name yeah. sort of thing, which was different than the name that they'd given me anyway. And But you see, what under duress, which I was... I did not want to go back to prison. I shouldn't have ever been there in the first place. They have no authority over me. And he was going to cut it. So under duress cancels everything out. Yeah. And what, what was it like in prison? Oh, it was, there's some wonderful people. You know, and that's both sides of the, the ones in uniform and the ones in the, you know, whatever they're giving away. Yeah, yeah, there's some, you know, and you've got to remember, there's, the prisons are half full of people that haven't paid a fine. Insurance. They're not the real criminals. The real criminals are running businesses and organisations and are in positions of influence. They're sat in your political parties and it's, it's obscene. That's where the real crimes are committed. Well, what was it like in your, your first night in jail? What was it like? It was all right because they put me... I'm going back, actually, because I... But uh, they put you in the, the, the vulnerable person's unit. Which, is, which means I think they can come round and switch a light on and check that you're lying down in one of their beds. And, uh, yeah, no problem. You know, I mean, circumstances don't matter. Only state of being matters. You know, in those situations, you have the opportunity to rise to your highest feeling. It's still up to me. I don't care where they put me. Believe me, I've been bullied before. You know, pepper spray, beaten. You know, that, but see what happens is in some people, when they acknowledge the truth, which is that they do not have any authority over you. Like the, the, there's an understanding that, ow, I've just been found out. You know, and it's and. That scares people, and out of fear, people overreact. You know, yeah, but that's up to them. But it, it takes someone to kind of break out of the mould and stand up for people to realise that they don't have power over other people. Yeah, but also part of the energy—it's about forgiveness. But forgiveness, absolute forgiveness. Most people don't know what they're doing. They're doing what they're told, and uh, you know, for instance, say if you put a uniform on. Okay, you have denied your divine heritage, your sovereignty. You have allowed yourself to become a slave. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it feels true to me, like, ow. And then you realise, when you agree to be the name, say, you agree to be a two-dimensional entity, you agree to be a piece of paper. And what if you're not? What if you're multidimensional? 
you have just forfeited the right. Now, it may be by deceit, and I think actually what it's to do with is your intent. If your intent is to wake up, you will wake up. You know, and that, and yeah, you have to, there are, there are so many methods in place of containing the human spirit. Is that why you drop your name? Is that why? Is that why you dropped your name? The reason I started, you know that idea that every sip of a beer is different? You know, you remember that first one that you drink on a summer's day? You know, wow, I wanted that one. And then there'll be the one that you don't even remember. Huh? I was doing shit and half the glass is gone. So, I was... The, the details of it come out afterwards in a way. You know, I, 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 I've tried, I am walking towards my own freedom, that's all. I don't know what it means to anyone else. I don't see that it, it I mean, I, I always say to people, look, I'm the greatest person in the world. And they look at you like, you cheeky. You know, you, and I say, no, no, I actually mean it. I am the greatest person in the world at being me. Exactly the same as you are the greatest person in the world at being you. And it, now that, that understanding sets off like a part of you that, wow, <laughs> I, you're right actually, you're, I do feel quite special, you know. And, oh, I am the greatest person. Of course I am. You know, this is... If, if you consider... I mean, first of all, you've got... There is a trilogy at work. You can't have one without the other, and that's time, space, and mind. OK, so maybe there are one or two that are willing to go beyond time, space, and mind, which is the clear white light of consciousness from which everything in the universe comes from, which everything in the universe returns to. But that's not everyone. You know, people love the drama. They love the they love pretending that. Right. What did Alan Watts call it? Let's have a dream that's beyond our control, and see if we can find our way back. He said we're playing the oldest game in the universe. The peekaboo, hide and seek, deliberately forgetting who we are, pretending that we're not God or not creation, whatever you want to call it. But that is for, for that is the truth. That is, and it's a wonderful game. But don't pretend it has any meaning in reality. If you're born out of unconditional love, that's, that's, <laughs> where would you... <laughs> you wouldn't... Yeah, you might set out on a journey just to see where you're at. Seem to have thought, you seem to have thought about this quite a lot. Well, I think it, 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 it starts off with thinking and then it goes into non-thinking there's an, a, a knowingness and understanding when you and you know that when you express it through words words will never be enough you know it's to do with the tone the vibration the colour the light it's it, I'm aware that I vibrate at a different level I don't know what how else to explain it in a way but I, I see um, what I consider to be my truth which is closer to the truth and truth is love and you know it's joy it, it gets crazy it, but it's also very beautiful 
do you think that we, we all, everyone has sort of that kind of divine thing inside themselves where they're they already know that they're you know a very unique creation and they're like very special and best in the world at the beginning of themselves as you say but this thing is to try and people to find that within themselves well I'm still of the the general line if you like that it's none of my business what anyone else thinks says or does you know I mean but I think the understanding that we are our thoughts you know, allows us to examine where those thoughts come from where those beliefs come from are they inherited did society give us them our culture you know our political system are we, you know you being what I ultimately we are love you know and it, there is a very subtle difference between mind based consciousness and heart based consciousness see heart based consciousness is born out of unconditional love that's where it, that is our true heart soul essence but there is a mind made consciousness which can come from absolutely anywhere because it's of the mind which is what the physical realm is so you can oscillate between the two you know it's a bit like living in the now and living in the, the past or the future you, you go around and you know the thought occurs that yesterday was better or that you know you remember some incident from your childhood and you're back in but you see when you you can construct your now and in say I don't know uh, into this realm of joy that right you live in a bubble of joy so even when you go back to the past it's joyful and when you go forward to the future that's joyful as well and then what you realize is actually you can invent your own space and enter it now that then you start to understand why there are mechanisms in place to lower people's vibration what happens then if you create your your own wee joyful world and something extremely shit happens and at the time well first of all you probably wouldn't enter into the realms of judgment you know it's just another thing you know, you think it's one thing one day and then your thoughts on it are different the next day. It's not necessarily what it... Everything happens for a reason. There are no coincidences. And you've got to remember that there are certain principles in play, the law of attraction. You know, what you think about, what you pay attention to, you make real. So if you're having thoughts about squatters or unwanted guests or uh, then yeah the odd rat will appear so you could just get hit by a bus even if you're a very nice person that would be of course shifting. there is no security in that sense you know but people operate under a false sense of security you know and also maybe it's not about longevity you know it, Maybe it's about finding your authentic self. You know, and then when you found it, so what? <laughs> what a, you know, remember, I mean, Jesus wasn't a Christian, Buddha wasn't a Buddhist. But they were um, profound teachers whose story may have got distorted, but they found the path to the realisation of self. And the journey is the goal. What's the latest on Freedom Wharf with the eviction notice and all? Ah, uh, well, it, it was ignored when it arrived, so 
it, um, I think what's happened is um, love has come to town. <laughs> uh, well, so tell me, what, what do you think about the fact that um, Des um, Cahill was taking the picture behind the tenter and kind of... It's believe. a long time ago now, and I'm all for that, living in the now. Um, I don't think Des meant it any harm. I think he was doing what he was told, and that's fair enough. Um, but this is about creation. This is about joy. This is about... I can work with people use that positive energy you know to create something special not for me I'm fine <laughs> but for the people of course this is a magical place Freedom Wharf yeah I mean even name it what you want you know I'm, labels aren't important I'll prove that <laughs> see just so people are kind of up to speed with the situation there so Des Cahill came down and took a picture yeah I think it was back in July and he was I see a fella out the corner of my eye sort of floating about and then there was and then behind him again was a photographer you're actually in the photograph I look I see yeah I know I see that you're in the background of the I'm photograph. sat on the key yeah. looking out and, and he didn't even bother to he did acknowledge but he was in a non you know, he could have said hello. He didn't come over and speak to you? Not at all. No, he was looking for the best photo opportunity. And as far as I'm concerned, I've been photobombed. Like, one of the reasons I wanted to come and do the podcast with you was because of that article, because mm. one of the things that he said was that the, your tent was should be classed as litter and should be torn down and, yeah. and it's given Cork a bad reputation, but it was like completely ignoring the fact that there was and I didn't know at the time but there was a human being living here and I completely ignored it so I kind of wanted to come over and see what was, you know hear what yeah the, what no and I, I appreciate that I think I think even Des would recognise that in the energy in this world now that sort of language that rhetoric is, is unnecessary you know he, he there is every opportunity to work together creatively you know, the, 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 in some sense, this is the revolution. You know, it, it, you know, get your hot pants on and come down here, Des. You know, let's have a bit of crack. Where is that Irish wit? You know, come down. It, it, I understand he's a butcher or a bankrupt or one of the bees, but come down here, roast a pig. You know, give back to the community. You know, you can't. You know, I don't forget. You know, I. I I live without any demands, in some sense, on the on the system. I don't claim social welfare. You know, I, I don't have a medical card. I'm not a burden on the state. You know, and I, in, but I don't I don't function at that level. You know, but Des is welcome down any time to share my joy, and I'm sure he'd be transformed by it. You know, and say. Say, for instance, and I'm not saying this is true, but love, joy, truth, arrived in a little package disguised as a human being on Freedom War, or Patrick's, whatever. I, I dropped the saint, and, I'm, and he wouldn't mind anyway. But say this wonderful little package of joy, love, and truth. Joy, love, truth, I call him, anyway. And he arrived, and... 
here I am, you know, it's, it's 2018, you've lived as slave for generations and generations, but now it's time to be free, forgive each other, get on with your evolution, your growth, you know, which is only a return, you're only here to remember who you are, which is unconditional love, a sense of oneness with all that is. You know, Des, come and play in my arena, you know, because I ain't playing in yours. You know, it's full of... And what right has Des got to spoil my joy? You know, <laughs> that's just... That's ignorance. That, that's a lack of respect. You know, and... Uh, I inhabit a realm that maybe... Des could aspire to. You know, and I'm, I'm a great example of who I am. You know, and you, you can feel the love. Des is just feeding off of it. He's probably a parasite. I don't know. Now, it's not unfair to sort of criticise someone who you've never met, even though they walked about a metre away from your tent. Why didn't you just say hello? Oh, hi, I'm Des Carhill. So what? You know, what, what's he going to talk about? The weather? <laughs> <laughs> you know, with regards to the, the homeless situation in Cork and in Ireland at the minute, one of the things that struck me about that... Uh, article that was in the paper about your tent that time was that it seems that talking about taking tents down isn't really anything to do with the solution it's more about just kind of cleansing the place and trying to hide people who are homeless what do you think about that? Yeah uh, I'll tell you what it all uh, it's a bit unfair in some sense but it's only a lack of love that, you see the only question you should ask is, is what would love do now and when you understand who you are it's the only question that matters you know and love just wants to be love it doesn't have to do anything it just wants to beam out you know they, they, they talk about you know radiating and maintaining unconditional love to all those within your sphere of influence so I'll bump into anyone you know but it will be on my terms. You know, and now I, I'm coming from a... Sounds strange, I know, but I'm coming from a sphere of influence that is unconditional love. Imagine the potential of everything, in a way, and realising that potential. You know, Des just wants to shit on everything. You no, know, that's not fair. It's not Des. It's, it's the way people are trained. You know, put a lid on it, stop it. No, 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 he's not doing it right. When, since when is any one person's idea been better than anyone else? You can't even compete at that level. You know, how big is your... It's all about your beliefs, but you can go on beyond your beliefs. You know, when you... Then all of a sudden, to some people, it all starts making sense. It is about love, and that's why... They said it wasn't. <laughs> you know, if there is a sense of oneness, say, Des is a part of me. It's a reflection of a part of me, say. So why am I going to... You know, I don't want to enter into his grotty little world anyway. But yeah, that's the same rationale then. Yeah. He's a part of you. And, yeah. You know, people should have a... In a way, we're all each doing each other favours. And ultimately, see, everything is an act of love. So judgmental mind will distort it and say you know that wasn't good for you it wasn't good for your ego it wasn't good for who knows 
who knows have you been involved in the homeless services in Cork at all like the accommodation and stuff like that there yeah I, I, I benefit from um, the, the Simon community Penny Dinners the Yellow Bus the, the wonderful volunteers you know I mean yeah the, but I would say that you know it's it's not the homeless and the the homes you know there is no this the, the, the society that we live in runs at a level below where we're at you know all it is is lack of love or you know to think the way that we do is lack of love it's, it's it, 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 it's not a true understanding of who you are. That's all. You're performing a role. You know, we're actors in a way. Like on, on a practical level, what's it like? What are the homeless services like in Cork? Fantastic. Are they? Yeah, like yeah. For, uh, what, can you give us? Uh, you know, but different people benefit from different. That you see, I'm. I'm in a world where it's acceptance, allowance, and surrender. I read to beg your begging bowl must be empty and the other one is is to ask for something is to acknowledge a sense of lack in an abundant universe so I sort of oscillate between asking for things and not asking for things you know I'm, but it's a happy accident that I got myself in that situation I've lived without money for four years and the first six months are horrendous you know you, you think you're going to die a part of you does in a way you know if I don't get this I won't get that and I can't live without you know and then all of a sudden you let go and you realise this is an abundant universe it's a compassionate universe you know and some of the things that have happened to me the people that have helped me the deeds that have been have been absolutely phenomenal you know and they, they're born out of love how did you get through that first six months when you were under pressure with no money yeah, I, I have faith. I reckon it was. It wasn't so much hope, but it was. Faith is the ability to test your ideas for truth. And uh, I, you know, I was boldly marching off towards my freedom, and um, that's what sustained me in the way. The, the, the journey seemed to have some validity, some authenticity to me. I can't speak for anyone else, but it, it suited me. It suited, yeah, the clothes, yeah, why not? And so what? <laughs> I don't, it, it, yeah, I got myself into a place where um, you can't love another more than you can love yourself. Now, see, people wouldn't want to, you know, you can't, you wouldn't want to hit that's arrogance you know but there's also part of you that understands that humans should be a bit more arrogant you know human beings are the most splendid the most marvellous the most magnificent creatures in the universe you know, to believe that Paul it or me or I'm only human is a, a myth that you've inherited it's a lie that you're taking on board to serve someone else's ego and that's okay if you, if you, you know, our nature is to help other people out. <laughs> Maybe we're helping others uh, survive. Maybe it's our consciousness that maintains 
their existence. Maybe when you move into a finer consciousness, they don't exist anymore. But, and wouldn't you fight for your existence, even though you lose? <laughs> One of the lines that's going around at the minute from the city council is that there's enough beds for every homeless person in Cork in the homeless services uh, shelters or whatever. So, but I've spoken to a few people before who've, who've homeless people who've disagreed with that very strongly. What do you think? Everyone's entitled to a home. If we lived in an environment that cared about people more than it does, you know, I went looking for a room in a hotel. Okay, that's that's a mistake. But I'm a human being. I wandered into a hotel, having been chased there, and all I was looking for was a room. And what I realised was that unless you had the 290 bucks in your pocket, you know, you weren't even welcome. So. I was born into someone else's economic plan. But is it dangerous to be homeless at the minute? It's dangerous for authority. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, what isn't dangerous if you look at it dangerously? Do you know, it, it, it's a blessing. How else are you going to come to terms with your fears? You confront them head on. You know, and then it teaches you to to look at people in a certain, you, you know, fearlessness alters the way that you perceive the world. Was there a period of time when you were afraid? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember, you know, when you haven't been virtually frightened of the dark, you know, frightened of, oh, yeah, frightened of the future. It didn't hold much then you realise that actually it's of the mind. Your mind came up with these, all these wonderful fears. You know, and don't forget, we're in what some people term as a fear-based mind control programme. It functions at the level of fear. There's a reason why they clank the doors in prison, you know, and jangle the keys, and there's beeps and electronic this going off and that. And See, when you're in, say, you're in a, a fear-filled world, you know, and it's, it's part, aspects of that fear are unconscious or subconscious. If you're vibrating at the level of fear, you will attract at the level of fear. So you'll get constant reminders of where you're at. Do you think a lot of the, the news that we get today is sort yeah, of... Yeah, that's its purpose, is to keep you vibrating at a low level. And that's, you know, because they're going to show you the cure, the remedy, they're going to make you happy doing this and that, and this is going to happen if you don't do this, then, you know, it's fear, fear, fear. And, <clears throat> you see, consciousness is a specialised form of awareness. It's awareness that knows it's aware. This journey, for me, is coming to terms with where you're at, knowing that much of it is mind, watching your mind at work, seeing it getting stirred up and pushed in that direction, pulled in that direction, and then there is, you, you begin to let go of your mind, or you put it in a place where you can observe it, you see, oh my word, there it goes, where did that dirty, filthy thought come from? Oh, I see, it's that time of the month again, is it, or... You know, uh, some it's initiated uh, 
a thought about this or a thought about that and it goes back to you know symbols and colours and messages that they're giving out and distract it's not, but that's the problem how do you conquer mind until you can conquer mind in not that it's you know it's, it's no big deal it's just a bit of fun though. Have you ever thought that your uh, tent was going to go under the river? Right <laughs> on the edge? There's, no, there's not even two centimetres there? I have, no, and, and there's a big wolf that comes along every now and again and threatens to blow the thing into the river. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I put a little bit of effort into sort of tying it down and I've watched it over the... I mean, I got this in, what, June, I think, so... Uh, you watch it closely. It's like living on a boat. That's the comparison. You know, you're constantly adjusting things, getting it... I'm not sure whether they're improvements, but no, I'm happy. I'm happy. It's it's good to be this close to the lee, and don't forget it flows underneath as well. Yeah, yeah. And water, you see, maybe we misinterpreted what water was, or we've been told what water is, but the reality is something different. All the water in the world is connected. Say, I don't know, you know, all the rivers and oceans and all that. But also, maybe it's liquid light. Here it comes. <laughs> it's raining now. <laughs> And maybe, you know, what you've got to realise is every bit of that river is absolutely brand new. It's never been river before. It looks the same as the river yesterday. And you'd be convinced that this water going backwards and forwards, but that's brand new. Absolutely. And here it goes. And it's got turds in it and tampons and, you know, and that's, that's the way that we treat Mother Nature. There we are. Do you think that's a big part of kind of getting the vibration up to a good level and starting to treat the world a bit better? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the way that what we think about the world is reflected in um, how we treat it. it is, you know, that, that would be the sacred triangle, wouldn't it? The Mother Earth, Father, Son, and, and you, or me, or whoever, anyway. What? But, um, yeah, I mean, there, there are methods, systems at work, forces, entities that are trying to disconnect us from Mother Earth because um, our humanity, our spirit is connected to the land. I mean, Ireland's a sacred country. You know, it is... And it has an an energy and a power and a clarity and I don't know. It's very, very special. You know, it's an ancient land. This is, I forget what, the, what they call the Tathodanan. Tuhajidana. Yeah, now that's an ancient tribe whose religion was love. And they say that after the fall of Atlantis, that the leaders of that community came to Ireland. And it's part of the reason why Ireland has been so persecuted. That their ancient DNA, which came from love, you know, is 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 it's it's been destroyed on a number of levels as well. You know, psychologically, spiritually, mentally, physically, everything. It's horrible. But then, look at most native cultures. You know, the Native Americans, the Eskimos, the Aboriginal. They have been persecuted. They've been hounded. You know, forced to do off their lands, forced to do this, and. Um, because, because of their connection with another world. You know. uh, probably a lot because of the greed of the people who are doing it to them as well. 
Yeah, but we've allowed it to happen. We've allowed ourselves to be led down a, a path of absolute lies. I mean, you know, when you re- recognise who Christopher Columbus was and what he did, you know, you're hardly likely to build a statue to a lie. But on the other hand, someone else has built it for you, and as long as you do a nod and a wink and we ignore what he actually was like, everything will be all right. But What do you hope for the future? Yes. I hope there is one, first of all. Because <laughs> to me, it just feels like the now. No. There is no future in some sense, you know. I mean, you see, ultimately, the whole thing's about nothing. Now, that's a hard one. But the Buddhists talk about the realisation of nothingness. You know, and that's... It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, doesn't matter how many family members, how much money you've made, how distinct you've been in your area of work, how fit you are, how strong... Nothing will remain. Nothing. So now that realisation of nothingness, maybe, okay. Now I had a... When I was a lad, I went to the careers officer, you know, and I had a deep, dark secret. Okay. And he said, you know, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And um, I said, a shining light of truth for the whole of humanity. Chris officer said, well, how are you going to do that? I said, by being myself. You know, and uh, <laughs> I want it to be a feeling. Okay, now that... That is the silliest thing I've ever said, in a way, but it's true. I want it to be my grandest... Now, a feeling is invisible. Yeah, maybe... I look like I'm about halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> halfway there. You're always halfway there. You keep cutting it up. That's the trouble with science, you see. It keeps chopping things in half. You know, that's fine, but it's always, it's always going to be half. Because <laughs> otherwise you'd have nothing to look at. Because they say that if, you had a, if there was a telescope big enough to see to the edge of the universe, do you know what you would see? What? Back of your own head. <laughs> <laughs> You're the length, breadth and depth of your imagination. This is all of the mind. It's all about your belief. That's why they want your mind. They got you by the mind. Feel extra and freedom. Give it a whirl. Freedom! <laughs> Brilliant. So how do they do in Irish? Sirsha. Go on. Sirsha! Brilliant. Brilliant. Do your version, I'll do mine. I love <laughs> Yeah, it feels like I've been practicing that for a while, yeah. No, yeah, yeah Good yeah. there. Wonderful. That's brilliant. Beautiful. Thanks. Thank you so much. Shindiva Karja, episode 20 of the Rebel Matters podcast is in the bag. If you're enjoying the podcast episodes, it would be a nice wee boost for me if you left the Rebel Matters podcast a five-star rating and review on iTunes, if that's where you're listening to it. And spread the podcast love around a little bit by sharing the Rebel Matters podcast on your social media. And Gajin Kedarala, Kara, be nice to each other. August, can you fear it? Slang of what? <laughs>